This is Open Mic Life. Let's go! Welcome to this week's episode. We have a very special guest coming. Welcome back to this week's episode of Open Mic Life. This week we have a little twist because it's Hike's big debut as an interviewer with our guest Martin Miller, who is a venture capitalist, and I welcome him warmly and thank him for being a guest on the very first season of this podcast. Before we start, please subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Instagram, and leave a lovely five-star review. It goes a long way. Happy listening. Hike on the mic. Hello, Hike. What up, what up, Stoyana? How are you doing? Well, pretty good, pretty good. I'm, uh, I'm actually back from a trip in... Uh, well, that's a funny thing. I actually went and visited our uh, next guest. <laughs> but maybe I'm going ahead of things. I was actually in Germany, um, uh, was there for a birthday, had some fun. Now I'm back to the Netherlands. It has been snowing a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. How's the weather in Luxembourg? Well, there is ice rain, something completely new for me. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's rain that the moment it touches the ground, it becomes ice. And it's like black ice. So it's very dangerous. And we even got like an alert to stay inside yeah. so well sometimes that happened that. here in the netherlands as well and i remember being a small kid that that those were the only days it were like two or three times uh, two or three days in one year but it didn't happen every year it happened like mm-hmm. really once five years where everything freezes and they basically cancel school oh my god that was yeah. like one of the most exciting times i remember the the joy of a yeah. small teenager that is the best indeed. It's a great feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, nice. I think it's time for us to talk about a bit about a financial topic, don't you think? We're keeping our, maybe it's becoming a tradition of surprises for our listeners. <laughs> and today is another special day because it's Hike's debut as an interviewer on Open Mic Life. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Because... As you might know, I really don't like to be the side act only. So, so I asked you, Sayana, if it's okay if I take on uh, our next guest. Um, and um, also, since the topic that I'm going to cover with our next guest is much closer to me and to what I'm, uh, you know, invested in, in terms of knowledge and work-wise, what a good friend of mine, uh, Martin, Martin Müller. He is uh, the German guy that I went to visit uh, the other day. And um, uh, he is right now a venture capitalist. He works at the VC fund in Germany that's called uh, Karma Capital. But before that, he was in Amsterdam in the Netherlands and he was working at one of the coolest uh, corporate venture capital uh, companies being Philips Ventures. And uh, that's kind of where I met him. And, you know, I'll be honest, the fact that he was working at Philips Ventures kind of was for me also like a reason to be like, uh, you know, intrigued and interested by this person. And, and 
to really get to know him and understand a bit of that world. Um, basically, the way I met him, it was, you know, I was somewhere at the VC drinks and there were a bunch of investors. And then, uh, you know, I, I like there was a group there. They were talking about uh, uh, something that I was really interested in. And, and uh, uh, you know, at, at that point, I felt like, you know, l let me just go and join that group. And ever since I joined joined them and, and had that conversation, uh, you know, I noticed Martin has this much more, you know, um, colorful personality than the typical investor you would. Uh, okay, uh, but wait, know. wait, wait. Before we get into that, can you explain what is venture capitalism? Oh, yeah. So venture capitalism, I think it's it's. It, I'll I'll make sure to really touch upon that with with Martin, but kind of in a nutshell, the word is is kind of deducted from the word adventure. Venture as an adventure, and um, to be more specific, to focus on venture as a commercial venture, so a company. When you talk about venture capital, it's about investing into uh, young, adventurous, or novel companies so it, it wouldn't be your uh, you know regular bakery or something it would be usually with with startups that are implementing or applying a certain new novel technology being being ai for example um, as one of their core uh, components in their in their value proposition i would say um, so that and venture capital is about investing in 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 such companies and yeah, it's it's a very it's it's a very hot market, right? It's a very hot job, especially for people that are in finance. You know, banking used to be trading used to be this okay. this hot thing long time ago. Now it's venture capital. Like most of the finance guys that I know, they're very interested into into venture capital. And one one of them is me, right? I I got interested in it because yeah, you can earn a lot of money in banking or in trading uh, uh, shares or other derivatives. But venture capital, you with with that, you're much closer to generating something tangible, you know, visible. That hey, if I invest in this company and it becomes the next, I don't know, Netflix or the Spotify, or um, I think this has been one of the motivators for venture capital becoming such a popular um, expertise or, 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 or mm -hmm. profession. That's super interesting, and I cannot wait to hear what he's going to tell us about that. You will dive into different topics because he's active in multiple fields, no? Yeah, so he used to be a medical doctor. Um, uh, he went into medicine for some time, but quite quickly realized that that's not for him. And after that, he made like a smooth transition switch towards business, uh, going from consulting to uh, you know, eventually into investments. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think it's it, it, like I, I mentioned, he's a very colorful person. And that's the reason why we clicked. And, uh, you know, I would dare to call him a friend and um, mind that. So it, it's possible that we will at points in the conversation kind of pivot away from the main topic and, and talk about a lot of other things that we both are kind of interested in. But I think that will just add more color to what I can, uh, uh, you know, what I can uh, deliver in my debut. Of course, I'm very excited, slightly nervous, <laughs> I must say. I'm sure it's going to be great. And I'm very excited to hear about such a, as you said, colorful persona and 
what I would be super interested in knowing is how he decided to make these career changes, because this yeah. is one of the things that we're trying to show our listeners, you know, that you can always choose the next thing to do. You're never stuck in one industry, in one profession. So when you say he's a medical doctor, I'm sure there was a huge investment in time and yeah. in resources to become that. And that now mm -hmm. he's doing something completely different. I am really, really excited. And thank you for bringing him on Open Mic Life. Yeah. That switch, right? And to what extent he was able to translate the, um, you know, his, his practice in, in, in medicine mm -hmm. to actually into investments or specifically into the type of investments he's in. So I have those two questions from you, Stoyana. To be honest, I'm really excited. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but uh, without further ado, let me go. Good to see you. What up? Dude. Great, great. How are you, man? Very, very good. How are you? Ah, we're gonna go up and uh, up and down with this question. Well, I'm up doing and down, good. Up and down, of course, yeah, like, yeah, I'm doing good too. You know that I'm here on the mic with you, so of course I'm good. Amazing! I'm 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 really glad to welcome you, Martin, to Open Mic Life. I'm sure you have you have been waiting for this moment because uh, I have uh, kind of really raised the stakes. I really, um, you know, created some expectations, but. You know, so a, a small recap of, of, of what we do at Open Mic Life. So prior to speaking to our guest, me and Stoyana, my co-host, we have a conversation in advance. We kind of discuss the more, how do you say, in, into a more like intimate setting, the more sensitive questions in most cases um, about the guest. And uh, that just gives me the opportunity to, to lay them down for you, right? Uh, sure. In this case, when I was in a conversation with Stoyana, like her main question was actually focused on venture capital VC. So without further ado and without spoiling too much about who you are, Martin, let's say we're in a five floor elevator and you would have to I give a pitch elevator. of your career. You know, what My have career. you done? Where have you, yeah. uh, where have you yeah. been? And um, maybe also interesting to, to kind, of, kind of close it at where we met. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so maybe up top, uh, I would say I'm a medical medical doctor turned consultant turned venture capital investor. So yeah, I started out as a medical doctor back in the day, studied medicine in Germany, did uh, some cardiac imaging research over in Boston. I then started out in radiology, that's where I started residency. Mm -hmm. But even during my studies, I kind of knew that's not the path for me, like uh, in, down the road, that I need the career switch at some point. So I did that quite briefly after I went then fully into business, fully into economics. And as a lot of people do when they, when they make that kind of switch, I first went to strategy consulting. Mm -hmm. And then actually my best friend went to venture capital and that that showed me, wow, that that's a great path. That's something that, that I want to do as well. And so I mapped out kind of a path how to get there. So first, then start out in private equity consulting because that's how I learned how to how to evaluate companies, how to evaluate markets, and also got me back to healthcare because I did that specifically for healthcare companies. After that, I went to a company driving digital health innovation in Germany by connecting corporates and startups. So that 
allowed me to build that startup, that VC network. And yeah. that then led me to kind of where we met, led me to the Netherlands, because mm -hmm. then I got my final, my, finally my first job in VC, in that specific case in corporate VC, uh, yeah. at Philips Ventures. So I invested yeah. into digital health and medtech startups for Philips, mm -hmm. led me to, to having two great years in Amsterdam. Of course, it was quite tough at the time then to 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 yeah leave Germany and uh, yeah. uh, have, start that long distance relationship. Also, that that's kind of what that meant. Yeah, were two great years though. But yeah, now it was was time to go back to Germany and also uh, to make the move to an independent venture capital firm, not a corporate one anymore. So in October, I, I did join an independent All right. so, venture capital firm based in Germany. And yeah, and we met in Amsterdam uh, at an event there. Before 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 you go into what where we met. Sure sure sure. Uh, yeah. So why did you actually make that switch going from Amsterdam to uh, to back to Germany? Because I believe you're in Leipzig, right? And yes, right, um, yeah. you went from a corporate venture capital uh, firm mm -hmm. to a, a in, independent or would you call them also institutional classic, or, classic, or classic venture uh, yeah, capital? Institutional firm. Yeah, institutional it is. Yeah, but I would, I would other ones are institutional. I would say that's the, the purest form of venture capital. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, an independent one. Yeah, where we mainly financial term. So yeah, I mean, though, though, there were two, let's say, main reasons. Yeah, both uh, one on the one hand personal, on the other hand uh, more more career wise. Yeah. Um, let's start with the personal one. So I became a father four months ago. Yes. And yeah, we, we, we had agreed with my fiance that at least for the initial couple of years, we want to be based in Germany, want to be based close to our families. Mm -hmm. And that's why I wanted to go, go back to Germany. Of course, I love, I love Amsterdam. I love the Netherlands. Yeah. You know that. Uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, for the, for that reason, uh, it was time. And of course, also it, it is home. Yeah. Like Germany is home. Like I, I cannot, I can't deny that. Yeah. So that was the personal part. Uh, and on the other hand, uh, on the other hand, uh, the career part. So yeah, I, I just preferred it was always my ultimate goal to work for an independent venture capital firm, not a corporate one. So that worked out perfectly. Yeah. To got both what I wanted personally at the time and professional all right thank you for that martin so sure. besides that switch that you made from you know amsterdam back to germany mm -hmm. um and even the switch that you kind of made between different formats of investing you also made that earlier switch going from an md like a medical doctor specifically you said radiology right that you mm -hmm. you were focused in to mm -hmm. the more business side Right. Can you tell me something that you were able to kind of translate from your learnings, from your, you know, expertise in, in a, you know, medical practitioner to an investor, which is mainly focused at investing in, in you know, med tech uh, or, or healthcare focused startups? Yeah, I would say it's three main things. Yeah, it's uh, having learned how to analyze the situation and finding the right solution. Then B, having learned a lot of medical knowledge and C, the empathy that in my mind at least you gain through having been uh, in medical studies and having been at least briefly a doctor. So uh, about the first part, I mean, uh, in the end, if you, if you go to consulting, which was my then first job in business, uh, you, your task is kind of to, to come into a company, analyze what ails them, yeah, what's not working properly, and then work with with the clients and, and, and your team to find a solution. And if you think about it, that's not much different than treating a patient. Yeah, you have a patient, 
that patient has a certain issue and you try to understand, you try to analyze it, you do certain diagnostics, then you find a solution. Yeah, and that just that thinking of how to approach issues, that that is something that I thought I think translates very well. And also mm-hmm. in my in my 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 now role, yes, obviously not being a consultant anymore, but I mean venture capital, these uh, these startups usually they try to solve certain problems. Yeah, and then yeah. it's that same kind of approach, same kind of thinking that I think uh, I was able to translate. Then of course the medical knowledge. I mean, yeah, I've, I, I did that for for six years, having been in the medical world, having gotten the theoretical knowledge about how the body functions, how certain diseases work, and mm-hmm. also having seen the ins and outs of the hospital, yeah, like really having been in there. And then, of course, also having quite a lot of friends in that world and having their experience even now. Yeah. And then afterwards, obviously, in my business path, I kind of stayed or, or got back to the medical world. Yeah, burst private equity consulting and now, of course, investing into mm-hmm. healthcare startups. So having that basic knowledge that I gained from my studies, I think that that helps a lot. And then, yeah, the empathy part. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, it's, I think that that's something that in your medical studies is not emphasized as much as it should be in my mind, at least. But mm-hmm. depending also how how much, how willing you are to go in that direction, it is something that is that is at least fostered on you. Right? You, you do learn how to do certain talks, how to convey difficult messages, how to put yourself into shoes of a patient's and that is something that I think is very important yeah, but on in business because to, are you supposed to be really empathetic as a doctor as a doctor because I feel like you need some sort of void between the the patient and yourself as well, right? And that is part of the reason why I, it wasn't for me, right? Because mm-hmm. I could never detach myself like that. I, I felt with the patients. Yeah, I, to be honest, as a patient, mm-hmm. I like it when the doctor has is in some ways empathetic with me and can yeah. put himself or herself in my, in my shoes. I trust From him the doctor's side, of course. Yeah, I trust him. And then I feel like he he, he is more able to find the, the fitting solution for me. Yeah? And yeah. that's a trend in medicine, yeah, to find that that, that patient-specific solution, right? Um, mm-hmm. But on the other hand, of course, you're right. Yeah, like, I mean, if, you, if you're looking at a medical career of, of 40, 50 years, yeah, uh, I mean, 50, maybe a bit high side, yeah, even, even how long maybe we have to mm-hmm. work today, but let's say 40 years, yeah, um, then then you have so many tough situations and you have, I think, yeah, to keep your mental health in check, at least in, to some degree, you have to detach yourself. Yeah, I mean, depending on, on, of course, also how resilient you are. And I never wanted that. I never wanted to be that yeah, emotionless kind of doctor, yeah. uh, that cold kind of guy. It's also just not me. And yeah. and therefore, I think that's actually part of the reason why why it wasn't for me. Yeah, uh, but still, I did learn that, and I think it's something that I took in my business path. And it, I mean, of course, it helps you to to connect and relate to people, which I think is key. So, Martin, you know, uh, since we're talking about mental health and 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 actually generally physical health, I'm I'm more of a person that likes to prevent than cure. Uh, one of the biggest things that aspects in my life that that helped me do that is you know i try to have a good diet but i don't always succeed but next to that is sports right i'm a big sports fan i don't always practice as much as i i i want to but i like uh, that connection i like the segue you made here that that's yeah awesome. yeah like so, that those are moderating skills right there. <laughs> what kind I of sports you. what kind of sports uh appeals to you what is there is there something that that like you know besides the business and everything i jumped in instantly into your career i'm just curious what like if you would watch if you would stay up all night to watch watch a game what type of game would that be so we're talking watching or playing watching uh, well, let's say both 
Let's say let's both. say both, yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe start briefly with, with the playing. Oh, well, with playing, yeah, playing wise, I love I love basketball and love tennis. I think these are my two main ones. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. definitely. I got a nice rivalry going, for example, with one of my best friends in tennis. All right. And uh, yeah, part of that also, I'm quite broad. Yeah, I do some padel, obviously, like everyone yeah. who lives yeah. in Amsterdam does. Well, if you work squash. in the VC world, you should. That's yeah, like a requirement. Go right? that. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. I remember I was at the padel tournament in Amsterdam was, yeah. and I was, and and you know me, right? I'm quite tall. And mm-hmm. there I was like below average height wise. Yeah. So that, that yeah, showed I mean, me a lot about Netherlands. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's just an aside. Um, those yeah, genetics. Post- yeah. That, that's <laughs> yeah, everyone blonde, everyone tall. You know, it is. Yeah. And everyone very athletic. Um, anyways. Um, and, and yeah, squash, beach volleyball, soccer also I play now and then. So yeah, or football rather um, in, in European. So uh, yeah, I, I'm quite diverse there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, tennis, basketball, the main ones. In terms of watching, what makes me watch, uh, stay up all night to watch? Yeah, that I mean, that's obviously two ones, and it's hard for me to name a number one here. It's, yeah. it's also basketball, but then also American football. Yeah, I love yeah. both. Uh, obviously, both late night things. In if you live in Europe, yeah, the yeah. time zone differences. You have to and yeah, I, I, I love uh, staying up light late at night sometimes yeah. for for both of them. I gotta admit that. Yeah, so, so it's uh, yeah, love both. greatest player, greatest basketball player of all time. Sorry. As European, I just got to quickly also go out and show that to football. Yeah, like the European yeah. soccer, right? I also love that. I'm a huge Arsenal fan. RB Leipzig, got to rep that, right? Uh, the hometown, uh, hometown <laughs> the team. Bombers. But yeah, I, I, that's, it's a number three. And also yeah. Formula One, by the way, got to also mention that. So those are number three, number four. But yes, uh, I love them as well. Just not as much as basketball and American football. So let's stick to basketball. Who's the, who's the greatest player of all time? Basketball. <laughs> I mean, that's a loaded question. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, I know. You, you're, trying to, you're trying to get me into controversy here on the podcast. Huh? I've, I've, that's, I've, uh, I've been in Leipzig. Like... I've been in Leipzig, and I heard your friends give you a nickname all the time. So I have to ask, who's the greatest player? <laughs> they do, they do, and that's uh, quite a compliment. They do that, yeah. But well, in my mind, it's LeBron James. Yeah, LeBron I, James. I think I, I do think he's the greatest player ever. I love Michael, of course. I love Michael Jordan. I respect yeah. him. Yeah, like I think he's he's awesome as well. I think it's also a bit of a generational thing, you know. Obviously, yeah. due to I, I never watched Michael live. I I saw a lot of highlights. I saw I saw games. You know, I, I watched the the documentary on Netflix. We we all did, right? Yeah. Um, it's just you he know LeBron. He, he he when when I when I started watching basketball in two thousand three, he he came into the league as well, and I think. Yeah, we start growing into the NBA together in, in mm-hmm. that way, kind of. I've seen him live in, in the US. Like when I lived in Boston, for example, I, I saw him four times, a uh, bunch nice. of other times as well. So I saw him a bunch of times and, and, and it was just always astounding. Like what, what yeah. he does on the court, how different he is from any other player, especially when you see him live, but also on TV. It's simply amazing. Yeah, it's the intelligence, the athleticism. It's the unselfishness. It's the, the the athletic ability in terms of how he how he dunks and and and, and shoots and, and jumps. Yeah. Uh, like it's just and, and blocks. You know the, the block in, in, against the Warriors in that one finals game. There's these these amazing things he does that uh, I think as an overall package. Like if I imagine a one on one between Jordan and LeBron, yeah, I think it would be LeBron winning. Yeah, like oh. he's he's nearly right, as fast. Right. You know what? And he's much taller. That's not more, fair. Like, they have a huge age difference, first of all, Martin. So we can we can we can now speak no, 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 hypothetical. No, no. Hike, right? hike, hike. Of course, I'm assuming same point in their career. Same. But let me same let me bring this forward. Let me yeah. bring this question to you. Uh, in terms of culture and shaping mm-hmm. actual actually mm-hmm. the culture around yes. basketball and around, yes. you know, to be honest, um, 
the youth, who do you mm -hmm. think would win in this case, Michael Jordan or, or LeBron? But that was not the question, right? You asked me what's no. the greatest basketball player. So I'm talking about on court, right? Yes, off the court. That's a different question now. And, and yeah. yes, we all wear those shoes with Jumpman on them, yes. right? With uh, which is of course the shape of Michael Jordan. Yes, that's a that's a global uh, cultural icon. But and besides LeBron that, it's not on that level yet. So I do agree with you that Michael, of course, had the bigger influence on culture. That, that besides idea. that, who is more active now in public? Besides having watched The Last well, Dance on Netflix. Yeah. You know, you know, Michael Jordan was never a big advocate on politics, and that also is touched upon on yeah. The Last Dance, right? He just he just didn't want to he always like to be honest, he always cared about business, right? And yeah. and I think there is this quote where he says, Yeah, I want both Democrats and Republicans buying my shoes. So mm -hmm. he didn't want to offend anyone. <laughs> I think that's a that's a critique you can you can put on him, yeah. yeah. While LeBron does take stances for yeah. for certain uh, activists and, and and social issues. So I I would applaud him for that. Yeah, and of course yeah. he gets haters now and then. Yeah, because maybe he does some things that some people don't like. But I I think that's a good thing. Yeah, that he takes more of a stance. There we go. Back to investments, Martin. Uh, I think we once discussed about Dwayne Wade. Right, he retired. Many of these basketball players, uh, when they retire, they get into business investments. What, 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 how would you call these type of investment investors? I mean, it depends on in, into what they invest. Yeah. But, but let's say they invest in very early stage companies, very mm -hmm. early startups uh, yeah, that you would call an angel investment. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they could also like, like LeBron James bought a stake in Liverpool at a football club. That, that's yeah. not an angel investing. Of course, that's a, it's a business investment or also yeah. a fun kind of investment, right? You wouldn't want to own part of Liverpool, yeah. Even even though they lose Jurgen Klopp now, they're still cool, yeah. I guess. Is um, the logic but, in the word angel investor the fact that basically such a single ent single individual rise. is actually an rise. Sorry, you help the company rise. Yeah, you know, you you help it from the ground. You are like a. It's not a donor, of course, right? But but no. it's it's that, yeah. Like it's the, that good. Samaritan, maybe, yeah, but that's mm -hmm. a bit too harsh, right? But but you know what I mean, right? It's really helping something get off the ground, yeah, helping yeah. something very new and fresh. The angel on the shoulder, big, because yeah. uh, how maybe I see it that, sometimes, yeah. say that, yeah. Uh, yeah. in very early stage uh, investments, when usually the angel investors get in, they are basically also kind of a they have a huge advisory role, right? That's the ideal case, of course, right? Like, for example, when I, in, in my job, evaluate a, a startup and, and then part of it is I ask, who are your current investors, right? And mm -hmm. then they often usually have angel investors or often have angel investors. And ideally, those are, of course, people who are some, in some way or shape from the industry, experts, yeah. maybe key opinion leaders in that industry, and who can really vouch for the startup or, or advise it, yeah, or give it some kind of uh, nice public perception. I mean, that perception, I guess that's some that maybe for a basketball player often it's not the case. Maybe hmm. if it's some like nutrition, maybe or like in sports or yeah. or like in maybe sports, yeah, merchandise. Then that could be the case. Yeah, um, wine. But, yeah, like often that is. But, uh, maybe is into wines. Or, sorry. <laughs> I, I guess. I guess he may, might be an expert. Yeah, uh, that that could be. Or LeBron, I think he does some of the key. I, I I don't know if I would consider him expert there. Or Matthew McConaughey has a Kia brand, right? I mean, it's yeah. brand, yeah. You might be an expert there, I guess. So something else that really, uh, you know, intrigues me is that, you know, we know that there is a huge difference in, in capital uh, in the States uh, than in, you know, separate uh, um, European countries. Um, I want to throw a couple of terms at you and some of the terms we actually discussed. 
And I'm wondering if within five minutes you can run these terms and maybe, you know, like cross reference to each other to what uh, uh, extent they're related to each other. Because in a sense, I hope that you could basically answer the big question about what is the VC world with this question. So uh, some of these terms like angel investor, we, we discussed that ticket sizes, um, investment rounds, corporate venture capital, um, independent venture capital and private equity. All right. Um, let's go with ticket size. I mean, ticket size is just the amount you invest. Yeah. Like if, if whoever, if it's an individual or a company invests in another, in another company, yeah, they buy mm -hmm. a part of that company, the amount that they invest there is the ticket size. Yeah. That's con usual, usual term. Um, yeah. then, uh, then the, the investment rounds. Yeah. So uh, these are kind of like co companies, startups in their life cycle. If they take uh, external money, I mean, you don't have to do that, but if you do, then you go to certain, let's say, financing rounds. Yeah. Traditionally, mm -hmm. the first one could be called the seed round. That's usually when you have maybe a, a working prototype, but often not revenue yet. I mean, it depends. There are differs, but let's, let's assume that's the standard. You yeah. could even before that have even a pre-seed round. Then, mm -hmm. for example, it could be just an, a concept, maybe not even a prototype yet. Yeah. Um, uh, that's often done with, with angels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have after seed. It goes then series A, series B, series Z, C, and then just just continuous letters, yeah. And that's just as the company matures and is on their way to profitability, uh, or bad not might might external need external funding anymore unless it wants to grow quickly or to to an exit, yeah, some kind of exit when when the investors sell their shares, for example, an IPO or or getting bought by a larger company or private equity firm. That yeah. now leads us to private equity. So maybe just there, let's start with the difference between venture capital and private equity. Uh, it's not super sharp, this difference, mm -hmm. uh, because I mean, private equity, that, that's private capital and venture capital takes private capital as well, right? Uh, the difference, usually how it's used these terms is that uh, two main things, I would say, um, venture capital invests in very early companies, usually non-profitable ones, um and and usually uh and uh, nearly always does not take the majority of the companies it's nearly always and or maybe even always a, a minority investment let's say 10 percent, so 20 percent of the company yes yeah. yeah so that's that's venture capital private equity on the other hand uh, invests usually in more mature companies often ones who are already profitable which you then maybe can make more profitable uh, mm -hmm. if it's owned by a private equity company and uh, they usually as far as i know take the the majority the majority uh, of yeah. of the company so more than 50 percent. yeah so mm -hmm. these are these are the stark difference between two and now if you, you you part of your question now was within venture capital corporate and 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 uh, yeah, let's say independent uh, venture capital. So it, that that just depends who does the investing here in this case. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, if in the I, I call it independent one independent venture capital. Uh, that just means it's 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 done by a venture capital firm whose mm -hmm. sole purpose as a company is to do investments. That's how yeah. they make money. Yeah, they, they invest at some point down the road. Return they they the sell their shares. Uh, they they get money back and then hopefully they have created a return on on value for for their uh, investors yeah who yeah. gave the the venture capital from the company uh, the, the money uh, on the other hand corporate investment there the 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 investment is done by a company 
who's who's so whose purpose is actually a different one. They have another kind of business how they make money. Yeah, for example, like Philips, like Philips for example. Yeah, Philips. Philips' main business model is not doing investments, yeah, and, and no. selling the, the shares, yeah, producing yeah, medical uh, appliances, medical devices, uh, yeah. That, that's devices, how they make yes. money, and then they do investments on the side, yeah. It could be for financial reasons, it could be for strategic reasons, yeah. Yeah. But but that's the large difference, yeah. The purpose of that company who's doing the investment, yeah. Mm. That's how I would define that. All right. So I think we've run through all of it. I don't know if we covered in five minutes, but I think. Uh, I mean, that's uh, yeah. perfect. Yeah, well, that's exactly what I was kind of okay. <laughs> So, uh, Martin, you know you're an investor, so I'm gonna kind of like uh, you know put you put you on stage here. Uh, uh, what's going on in the medical field of investments? And 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 you know there are a couple of technologies that I you know come across and and I'm very uh, interested in. I mean the AI revolution, like mm -hmm. we can drop that in here. What do you what do you think about sure. that? Well. But it, 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 could, it can be huge. Yeah, it could be huge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it, it already has a huge effect, disaster yeah. or a huge success. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if, if you listen to certain people and if you read a book like Super Intelligence, yeah, that also yeah. could be a large disaster. Yeah, but yeah. I, I'm I'm one who is more of an optimist. Yeah, a technology mm -hmm. optimist. So I think it's gonna be a huge improvement. Of course, we have to be aware of the risk, but I I, I do believe that. Um, so. Uh, of course, already has had huge effects in certain areas. Yeah, like I mean, ChatGPT. We we all tried that. We we use it uh, more or less efficiently. And I think if we look at healthcare specifically, it can solve a lot of issues. I mean, one of the main issues, maybe the main issue in healthcare, is the workforce shortage. Yeah, we have more and more uh, older and thereby often then sick people, and uh, we have less and less doctors and, and nurses treating them. So we need to enable them to make them more efficient. Yeah, I mean, uh, you could argue also about prevention. Yeah, prevention could also be some if people just get less sick, but let's say they still get sick. So you need people treating them and they need to be more efficiently because they're more patients. And I think there, in nearly in any way, yeah, artificial intelligence can enable that yeah it can can be involved in of course prevention itself which you just mentioned but of course then also it can enable uh, doctors to diagnose more efficiently uh, nurses and doctors to treat more efficiently and also the aftercare uh, the medication afterwards to say therapy uh, all of that uh, also the post-hospital care maybe all of that can be done more efficiently and better uh, with with artificial intelligence enabled technologies I, I do i do believe that yeah so yeah, that's that's the huge, the huge, uh, the huge, uh, yeah, or the huge um, possibility here, yeah, uh, the huge upside scenario. Um, and also, if if you think even further, right, uh, if you think robots, right, uh, that that maybe could even do certain, let's say, care jobs, let's say, in nursing homes or or just in hospitals in general, right? I mean, those could be artificial intelligence enabled in the end, right? I mean, that's even a longer path, yeah, than just. These, these kind of software-only technologies we have now. But that so that's, is something that I actually, actually do believe in down the path, that that could also be coming. And that's where I believe where it could turn into a disaster. I'm, I'm not a big, how do you say... Uh, I mean, uh, I think actually before that, like I mean, what most people are afraid of, and, and that does make sense, is this, uh, this artificial general intelligence, that super intelligence yeah. that is able to... It could just actually be a software-only thing um, that is no, able no, to no. hack into certain let's say weapon yeah. systems right and yeah. thereby threaten and these things exist yeah. right like, we know that these things already exist but i was more referring to things like okay so there is something like uh, deep learning for protein design right 
they basically apply uh, artificial intelligence to 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 you know it's 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 similar to making lab lab meats for example it's it's similar to making some other um building blocks of organic tissues so this is where i see kind of the risk coming in is where the ai goes from the virtual to the physical world mm -hmm. um and more specifically not even into robotics what you mentioned but mm -hmm. into organics and even more deeper uh, perhaps into dna and 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 sequencing and stuff like that what is I mean, your view is, on that i mean that is uh, happening yeah that there yeah. are certain companies yeah not even startups anymore it's more advanced ones employing technologies for let's say truck discovery yeah and that's yeah. then often part of it yeah they, they analyze um as you mentioned the proteins uh, uh sequences in dna or rna to to find let's say truck targets mm -hmm. um and 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 thereby make uh the development of trucks more efficient yeah that that is happening but in the end that's still software right the it's trying to find certain in this case they have maybe yeah, truck targets molecules that mm -hmm. you then can target with a physical in this case truck yeah so i wouldn't say it's a it's not a it's not unlike a robot which i just mentioned it's not an artificial intelligence enabled moving on its own moving object that that's not what it is. it's in the end that what you mentioned is a software yeah in yeah. my mind at least how i would i would consider it yeah, no, absolutely. But it's eventually the software that gives us the ability to 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 create these things. Um, and obviously, I'm 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 referring I mean, I, to. I, I don't know if it makes it to, uh, to be honest. I don't know if it if it gives the ability. I think it makes it faster. Yeah, I think uh, it, it allows us to analyze data uh, on mm -hmm. a level uh, on an, an amount of data that that we would take ages to to analyze. Yeah, or yeah. just a, or a long time. It doesn't have to be ages, but a long time, right? And thereby, it makes it. It makes us more efficient. Yeah, you're right. It could also discover things that that we never discover. But yeah, but but we also might if we just look at the problem or look at data long enough. Yeah. So um, it's uh, it's yeah, it, it depends. Uh, I, I would think. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that, that's my view. That. Okay. So what I'm so I'm mostly my caution to this is like so the other day I read about some sort of um, you know. Dutch people apparently grew a certain, um, how do you say, resistance to um, a specific, I'm not sure if it's an antibiotic, but a specific medicine that is supposed to um, cure you from a fungi infection, specific fu fungi infection. And apparently the resistance came from a whole chain reaction that happened due to pesticides that they apply in the Netherlands in the greenhouses, right? So this is becoming a very complex um, ecosystem of, well, to be honest, health risk. My question is, would AI actually be able to, you know, jump in and cross, uh, use its knowledge, not only, let's say, analyzing the, the, the consistence of, of such fungi, but also analyzing of how that can affect the human body, right? I would like to clarify that. Are you yeah. sure that they that that the humans got resistant, or is it that yeah. because these fungi were tra tra treated with certain pesticides that the fungi developed the resistances? I think it because, was I mean, a very local medicine. thing. 
I think it was okay. it was it that's what kind of shocked me is that it was because obviously that that's a huge thing in medicine, right? For example, anti that bacterias are getting resistant yeah. to antibiotics. That that's a huge thing because yeah. we overuse antibiotics, true, and and then so, certain survive, and those bacteria survive, they develop resistances to mm -hmm. the antibiotics we now have. So we we are leading, or some people at least think that we are leading to an, to an issue where, or, or to a scenario where we have a bacteria where none of the antibiotics we have available will work because they are resistant against all of the ones we have available. So that might be what's happened with these fungi. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I, but I'm assuming here. Um, I, I don't know if it was the other case. I'm I'm not sure to be honest. Yeah, then uh, what that mean. Um, Let's assume the, the the fungi developed the resistance. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, and I do. Then I do. Yes, I think, for example, there is some a case where I could help. Yeah, I think then uh, AI could help analyze quickly uh, the let's say the substructure of the fungi of bacteria, and then discover there are certain weaknesses, maybe certain structures, which then could be a target for new uh, antibacterial, antifungi uh, medication drugs. And and thereby and enable us as humans to quickly quickly find new ones, yeah, um, much faster and more efficiently than than maybe uh, than maybe uh, we otherwise without AI could. And I think let let's assume it was the other case where humans got resistance. Maybe there even could also help, yeah. Like it could uh, it could under uh, analyze maybe our 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 DNA quickly and then quickly see why these resistance were developed. So, but aren't uh, we then moving towards a more general uh, intelligent mechanism, right? Because it basically can take itself out of a different, like out of the scope of analyzing the one sort of, let's say in this case, bacteria and fungi, but it can also put itself into the workings of the human body. Anyways, I, I feel like that. I would I wouldn't say that to be honest. You would apply it on the fungi. You would tell it analyze the fungi. Yeah. So like the general intention is the ones where it, where it develops a, the idea to think itself and develop other things, new things, maybe leave its environment, right? But it, that doesn't have to be the case if you have an environment, a secure environment where it's applied on fungi. I feel yeah, this but, is the yeah. topic of of the security behind AI. We can leave that for another episode, uh, mm -hmm, Martin. Mm -hmm, sure. Um, of course. You know, there's there's actually one more one more thing I I, I kind of want to ask you. Uh, sure. Well, two things. Uh, I'll mm. start with this one. Will you be on the next episode with with us? Today? Hi. <laughs> you already know that. You already know that. Of course. All right. Of course. I, I would love to. I'd be honored. All right. I'm having All so right. much fun here. Of course, I would love to. Amazing. And, you know, just for a closer, I, I think this is also the main lesson that we try to uh, pursue and also project to our listeners is um, you already gave us a glimpse into, you know, how you got into VC. VC. Three things in your life um, or three more. So who are the personal, uh, the mentors in your personal life, the mentors in your professional life? and um, the type of mentors you think you still have to uh, seek out for the future. All right. Let's start with the personal life. I mean, you have two I, I minutes for this one, by the way. Oh my God, that, that's quite good. <laughs> so on the personal end, yeah, like, I mean, uh, to be honest, a large mentor for me is my fiance. Yeah, like mm -hmm. I, I highly respect her. I respect her, let's say, social skills, just how she is with people, how she handles certain situations, how she doesn't worry too much about certain things that I might over worry about. 
and she's a huge mentor to me then mm. uh, in, in those cases. Uh, then also person that also then professionally is my best friend. He's the one I mentioned who went into VC before I did, who inspired me. And to this day, uh, when I when I want to talk through certain business decisions uh, or career decisions, he's the one I, I first go to and, and and listen to a lot. But also he helps me a lot with the with professional uh, mentorship, or with personal personal mentorship as well. Yes, uh, that's Mark. Yeah, Mark. Make, make a shout out also to, to yeah. Marie. To you. Mark, Mark, yeah, Marie and Mark. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and also with M, right? M, yes, all the M, right? Marie, Mark, and you're Marlene, the Mar- my yeah. daughter. Yes, all, all the way up. Yeah. Funny thing, Martin, and, and, the episode before you uh, yeah. we, was, was someone from RTL Luxembourg who was also called Martin. Um, mm-hmm. I won't tell you more because I actually want you to, to listen to that episode. Um, so the final, final, the final mentor, the one that you still kind of have to seek out, kind of the missing link so far. I think I think I still have even uh, part of seeking that person out is, is seeking that profile. Yeah, I still yeah. need to find that profile I need to fill, and then I will find that person. Maybe it will even happen at the same time. By it will be happen by chance, right? Well, that's if you leave it to to that. I uh, I believe that um, so far you it have has to create been... your own luck, luck, right? You you the yeah. more chance you take, the more experience, the more you try the more likelihood you have of, of finding yeah. something great. And that's what it even. So if I, if I meet a lot of people there, I might stumble upon that mentor. I, I don't even know I need yet. Martin, I think that's a great closer for this one. Okay. I want to thank you once again for, for joining on this uh, episode. And I'm looking pleasure. forward to have uh, our follow-up conversation. Likewise. Take care. Take care. Thank you for tuning in. See you next week on Open Mic Life.